0: My father and I did not get along, and that was because I was always asking him for what he was not able to give me, his love and attention. My father lived in two worlds, an outside world where he was charming and entertaining and had a great job, worked for a couple presidents, played a great game of golf, married an amazing woman, and went to parties. Lots of parties. My father was from the cocktail generation. And a day did not go by where he did not celebrate with a cocktail (laughs) or four. (laughs) And then there was his inside world, which is where I lived with my siblings, three of us, at home with my mom. And in that world, he came home and turned it all off, and checked out, and tuned out. And it was not unusual to find my father on uh, weekend mornings holding court in bed wearing his blue pajamas. My father wore the exact same style of pajamas my entire <coughs> life. They were cotton, light blue, with a long-sleeved shirt buttoned down with a navy blue piping around the <laughs> collar and loose pants that tied at the waist. There are four pivotal exchanges between me and my father that really represent the arc of our relationship that took place while he was sitting in his bed wearing his blue pajamas. (laughs) The first one happened more than once when I was a little girl. On Saturday and Sunday mornings, my father would be recuperating after the party from the night before. in bed, and we were allowed in for a visit. And we would come into the room, and we'd climb upon the bed, and I loved this room. This was the most beautiful room in the house. It was so well appointed. It had the, the, the curtains and the, the furniture and even the puffy headboard at the, at the, base, at the head of the bed was they all matched in sort of this floral chintz and it was very elegant and everything was monogrammed, the sheets and the pillowcases and the coverlet on the bed. It was, it was a very magical place for me. So coming in was very special and we'd climb up on the bed and we'd get all together on the bed and we'd wait for our dad to pay attention to us. And we'd sit and wait and, and get a little antsy. And, and we'd start hitting each other, because my dad, sitting in his blue pajamas, was watching television or, or reading the paper, not paying attention to us. And we'd start touching each other and hitting each other. And before long, it was a full-on roughhouse. And finally, my father would look up and say, hey, I'll give you a buck if you rub my feet. I'll give you 50 cents if you rub my head. And I jumped at the opportunity. I never got paid anything, but I got to be close to him. I got to touch him and, and smell him. And it was a very fond memory for me. When I was 18, I was dating an older man, much to my parents' chagrin. And I'd gone out on a date, and we'd ended up back at his place, and it gotten late, and we were talking, no hanky-panky. It wasn't that kind of a relationship. But I fell asleep, and I woke up in the morning, and I realized I was in deep shit. So I got myself home as fast as I could, and I walked into the door just as the sun was rising, and there sat my mother, fully dressed in the living room, giving me the look, and she said, your father and I would like to speak to you upstairs. So I followed her up the stairs and down the hall and into the bedroom where my father sat wearing his blue pajamas. And we sat down on the bed and my parents asked me where I'd been and I told them the truth. And my father looked at me and said, you are a whore. You're the kind of girl that when I was growing up We used to have sex with, but we would never marry. And I realized for the first time in my life that my father did not know me. He did not see me. He did not hear me. He didn't know me. Sadly, that started a long, uncomfortable, tumultuous relationship where I spent a lot of time being disrespectful and finding negative ways to get his attention, and he, being a drinking man, could manipulate me within minutes and get me into tears. And then in my mid-30s, I went home to visit my parents in Washington, D.C. because my mother was dying of cancer and was in the hospital, and my siblings decided that we would all gather around my father to support him. And I was pregnant with the first grandchild of the family. And that night at dinner, we were not doing very well. My mother was the glue of the family. And we were coming apart. And my father handled it by drinking too much. And at one point in the evening, he decided that he would tell his children that we had all been a big disappointment to him, that we'd let him down. I woke up the next morning and I looked at this belly that was growing and I knew I had to talk to him. So I got dressed and I walked downstairs and I got to his door and I started shaking like a leaf, shaking. Here I am a 34 year old woman pregnant and I'm shaking as I knock on that door. And he says, come in. So I go in, and I sit down on the edge of the bed where he is sitting alone wearing his blue pajamas. And I look at him, and I say, if you ever speak to me that way again, you will not see me or this child. And you need us both right now. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I got up, shaking like a leaf, and I walked out the door. And he never talked to me like that again. The last time I saw my father, he was living in a memory loss home in San Francisco. And I was the chosen family member to manage his health care, and I was there on a visit. And uh, it was amazing to see him transform into a shadow of his former self. He was smaller. He was thinner. His skin hung on a skeleton. And he had sort of that glazed look in his eye, you know. And and he was old, he was an old man. And we were sitting on his bed in his room, which now was a small, single bed, nondescript, very institutionalized bed, with a few pictures of the family on the walls. And he was beaded in on me. And he took my hands in his. And he said, I love you. You are so important to me. I'm so glad you're here. Don't leave. And I took it. I took it for every word, everything he said. I milked it and it felt great. My father died soon after that, suddenly from medical complications. And when I got the call that he had passed, I closed my eyes, and I pictured him lying in the hospital bed in his blue pajamas, taking out his last breath. And I took my first breath without him in the world, and I let him go.